Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? Welcome along, Cool Cats, to episode 203 of the Howie Games Part A, featuring WWE superstar Rhea Ripley. Now, Rhea, Rhea is a phenomenon, an Adelaide girl who grew up with a passion for wrestling, never dreaming she would become a superstar, a headline, headline act for WWE. But it nearly didn't happen. As you're about to hear, Rhea's long and winding path to success only really took off when she stopped being what other people wanted her to be and started being who she really is. It is a very, very cool story. So you search and try to find, but you don't know where to go. So many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye Listen to me, time is your key You will find out by and by Thanks to Joel Zita from WWE and Adam Howe from Fox Sports for making this episode happen. Good news too, because WWE comes to Australia on Saturday, Feb 24, with the Elimination Chamber Perth, and you can catch it live and exclusive, only place you can see it, on Binge. Okie dokie, enjoy the story of Demi Bennett, a.k.a. Rhea Ripley, an athlete who has been true to herself. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion Well, this is something the Howie Games has been looking to achieve for a while Um, Courtesy of WWE We are welcoming to this show an enormous star, an Adelaide girl made good by the name of Rhea Ripley. She is the biggest thing in world wrestling. Don't worry about that. Rhea, it is wonderful to see you over there. I think you're in Orlando. I'm in Sydney. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm um, I'm working on cricket at the moment, Rhea, so I'm travelling around um, Australia commentating on the cricket. And uh, we had a washout last night and I was doing some more reading and watching videos about you and I was sitting there with a couple of former Australian cricketers and they're like, who is this? And they started (laughs) watching your videos and they're like, we want to start watching this. So your cut through is phenomenal. Can you believe where you are in your profession at the moment? And congratulations for all your success. Thank you. I mean, that's that's absolutely crazy Um, to be able to be on the platform that I'm on and be in the position that I'm in is absolutely insane. Uh, being the little girl from Adelaide, South Australia, not thinking that she could make it to the big leagues of WWE. Uh, it's been a wild ride. It really has. And it's, it makes me really proud of myself that I've made it this far and I get to do all these cool things and introduce people into the sport that we love, which is wrestling. Um, and get them watching it and getting them tuned in, whether it's because I'm Australian and they're Australian or they like heavy metal music and they gravitate towards me or just decide, decide to start liking wrestling. I, I love it. I have, as I say, I've been consuming everything you do for the last 48 hours to get more of an understanding. You're obviously coming to Perth. 
Um, and I was just on Ticketmaster now for the uh, Elimination Chamber and there's hardly any tickets available. There's 60,000 people expected. I was looking at the, the premium tickets were like four or $5,000. There's a lot more available for a lot less than that. But what do you think it's going to be like to come back to your home country and be this genuine rock star, superstar style operator? I think it's going to be absolutely wild. And um, the fact that they know that WWE is coming to Australia, I think it's going to be absolutely chaotic um, with wrestling fans and, and just media in general because we haven't been there in so long. And also for myself, I haven't been able to compete in Australia since I wrestled for Riot City Wrestling seven years ago. So this is the first time I get to come back to Australia, come back home and get to do the one thing that I really love doing in front of my home people, you know, and it's just, it's insane. But I feel like the atmosphere is going to be absolutely incredible. Like I really hope my Aussies come through for me and they just make such a ruckus the whole night because we, we all feed off that. And if they impress everyone and get everyone as hyped as possible, then there's more chance of us coming back more in the future. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what the welcoming will be like, but I'm excited. Well, I'm a Melbourne boy, um, and obviously Taylor Swift's coming to the MCG. Ed Sheeran was there 107 <laughs> last year. So I think, I reckon you could sell 110, no worries, at, at the MCG. If we met, say um, say we met in a gym, Rhea, and we yeah. didn't know each other, and, mm-hmm. and, and you're throwing around heavy steel, and I'm in the corner trying to lift up wet towels there, and I come and say day, and I say, well, what do you do for a living, Rhea? What, what would the answer to that question be? Um... <laughs> for me, I get really shy uh, very easily. So, like, I never really know how to answer that question. Most of the time, like, if I'm feeling in a good zone and, like, I'm willing to talk at the gym because <laughs> yep. most of the time I'm pretty zoned in, yep. I'll be like, oh, I work for WWE. I'm a sports entertainer. I compete um, against some of the best athletes in the world, which is the absolute truth. Uh, the profession that we do you have to be so athletic to do it and you have to be so good at so many different aspects. Um, And it's just, it's insane what goes into what we do in the ring and outside of the ring as well with the traveling and just everything. Cause it's such a hectic schedule. It's a hectic life. Um, But yeah, I'd probably say something along the lines of that. And then, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably keep the conversation going because once I start talking, I don't stop. So <laughs> I'd probably try and help you with your, your wet towel lifts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the gym this morning, Koji, and I, I can tell you I, I need some help. Um, where did this all start? A, a, an Adelaide girl. Tell me about growing up in Adelaide. I, I want I really want to speak to you about fitness and strength and the athleticism mm-hmm. and uh, entertainment required, but I'd love to follow your journey. Tell me about, well, you weren't Rhea, you were Demi, yeah, as a young girl in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, so, like, growing up in Adelaide, I was always the sort of kid that didn't like school, which is probably not the best thing to say being a role model now for so many people, but I I have to be honest, like I didn't like school. I, I loved sport. I absolutely loved sport. So any chance that I could get, I would get out of class to do like Friday afternoon sport. Uh, I would try anything. I didn't even care if I hated the sport. I would just want to try it. So I, I dabbled in a lot of different things. I played soccer for nine years. I played netball for six. Um, I did a little bit of rugby here and there. 
I did karate, I did swimming, I did dance, absolutely everything. I just, I was a very sporty kid and that's the one thing that I really enjoyed doing. Um, I started watching WWE when I was at the, I think I was in like year six, I want to say. That's when like I started watching it the most because it was so hard to watch back then. Yeah. Uh, you really had to have the weekends free to watch the, the retape of it. Uh, which I didn't have the weekends free because I played all my sport on those days. Like I, for soccer, I, I loved soccer. So I, I played under 15s. That was my team. And then after that game, sometimes I would play for under 16s. And after that game, sometimes I'd play for reserves. So like it'd be three <laughs> games of soccer in a row, <laughs> which was crazy thinking about it now. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to watch it as much as possible. Our family friends used to record it and, and give it to us on DVDs um, <laughs> and then once we got Foxtel I I started recording it and watching it whenever I could pretty much and I, I just fell in love with it and I didn't realize that there was independent scenes in Australia until we went on a family holiday to Queensland and um, there was like a flyer like a, a show poster up on the wall <laughs> in the what are they called in the markets right. and I was like oh my god I didn't know that there was wrestling here like I'd gone to a couple WWE shows because they'd come to Australia every every year I think it was but they'd come to Adelaide every second year yep. so I just tried to see it whenever and I'd go to Melbourne and watch it there but then I found out that there was wrestling in Australia so on that holiday we went to the <laughs> the independent show I can't remember which production it was I can't remember what their name was but where, where was it like on the on the Gold Coast or where was it yeah it was Gold Coast I remember going there and just having the time of my life I remember one wrestler um, specifically he was this really tall slender man with red hair and his name was matchstick and <laughs> I just thought it was the best thing ever. I was like, this is so cool to actually witness in person, like Australians doing this. Uh, so as soon as I got back home to SA, I looked it up and I found Riot City Wrestling. So I started going to the shows every single month. They do, most, it started off with one show a month um, at the Latvian Hall and then we went to Estonian Hall and then they do two shows a month because they do the school shows too and I just really tried to watch it as much as possible. Went to Melbourne to watch Melbourne City Wrestling wow. um, and just re really like focused on wrestling being my number one. And once I turned 15, I uh, unfortunately bought another pair of soccer boots that were very expensive. So mum wouldn't let me quit soccer when I was 15. I had to wait one more year and get good use out of my boots. Yes. So uh, when I was 16, I started at Riot City Wrestling and I just haven't really looked back from there. I've been so dedicated to what I do and I, I love what I do. I really do. And like the platform that I get to do it on now gives me so many more reasons to love this sport because it's not only doing it for me and feeling a specific way when I go out there and get cheered or booed. Now it's like the other aspect of things too, where you get to see how many people you connect with and how many people idolize you and start to feel comfortable in their own skin because they can relate to you. So there's so many different aspects that go into this business now. And I, I honestly, I love every single one of them. And it's just wild that like I said, little girl from Adelaide, South Australia could make such an impact in this business. 
I love your passion. I now, as a result of that answer, I have got so many questions for you just stemming from that. <laughs> so just just before we get into wrestling and how, what you do on your first day and how you start training, you said you were into uh, soccer. I'm sure you saw what the Matildas did here last year and the progression of women's mm-hmm. sport in this part of the world. Did you have, across soccer or netball or rugby, or did you have any sporting heroes as a kid growing up? Um, It's funny because, like, as much sport that I did, I didn't really watch it. The okay. only thing that I watched was WWE. Right. Um, so people that I, like, idolised in the business, like, I loved, of course, like, it's, it's wild because I get to work with them now, but, like, The Miz was one of my favourites. Yep. Well, he was probably my top favourite. CM Punk was one of my favourites. Triple H, my boss, was one of my favourites. Randy Orton, Edge. I watched AJ Styles in Impact. Um Rey Mysterio, he was one of my favorites too. And now I get to go out there with his son causing a muck, you know? Like <laughs> they're the people that I really looked up to and I loved. And then with the with the women, Beth Phoenix was a massive one because growing up I had always had a different body shape. I was always more broad and just bigger than all the other women. I felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't feel beautiful. I felt like I looked like a man and I didn't really love that at that time because I didn't realize that there was so many different body shapes at that point because we were young you know you're young you look at magazines you're like why don't I look like that Beth was one that I looked at and I was like she's big like she's got so much muscle she's wide she's so strong like she was one that I really gravitated towards and seeing how confident she was in her body really helped me be more confident in mine. And then after, of course, starting here and getting to meet her and talk to her and then having a little feud with her on TV, uh, she's helped me through a lot and I don't think she even realises. <laughs> well, I hope she gets to listen to this podcast and hear that answer. So you walk in there, Rhea, for the first time uh, to, to begin life as a wrestler. Like, What's the first day? Do you knock on the door and say, yep, I'm Demi, I'd like to have a crack at this? Is it like soccer practice or how does it work or how did it work for you? So they actually held tryouts. Right. Uh, So I signed up for a tryout and they already knew me because I was that crazy child in the audience (laughs) that screamed the loudest and made such a ruckus and literally just tried to be a bully to all the hills. Like I was that kid. I was, I was the loud one. They knew exactly who I was. And they're like, Oh no, the crazy girl wants to try out. I guess we'll give her a go. <laughs> so I don't know. I went to the tryout and cause I was so fit from doing all the other sports. I sort of like picked it up really quickly and they could see how excited I was for it and how determined I was to get better and try things. So after my tryout, they were pretty much like, yeah, you did really well, you're in. So that was absolutely terrifying because then I had to go to my first training uh, and train with all the people that I idolised in Australia. So So, so how does training go? Because when you look at what you do, there's a theatrical entertainment part. I understand that, Rhea, but there's a real physical strength component. There's things that can go wrong when you're being thrown around the ring. So like day one, is is it like you're a practising Tumble rolls, like these are ignorant questions, but no, how do you work your way into it? You definitely have to work your way up. Um, for the start, obviously they want you to be fit enough to be in the ring to protect yourself, okay. to protect the person you're in the ring with. So 
my coaches were real big on uh, working out in the gym. So like we'd, we'd work out in the gym before training. I think I would normally get there around five, start working out. The training started at seven, seven thirty, went to like nine, nine thirty. Um, but yeah, I, I would do weights with my coach. Um, and then we would start training and we would start with a whole bunch of cardio drills. Um, hmm. whether that be running the ropes or going outside and, and doing laps or, um, anything really, there was like a few drills where you'd have to quickly lay down, get up, do a leapfrog, um, just real like wrestling cardio drills in a way without picking anyone up yet or falling yet, any of that, um, just to get you warmed up and get you in the movement of it all. And then we would do like rolls. So you have to get used to rolling because obviously if you're falling towards your face and you don't want to fall on your face, you got to roll. Yes. So (laughs) you have to learn all these fundamental things and like you don't realize how many people don't know how to roll until you set up a rolling drill. Um, so they're definitely the first couple of things that you got to learn. And then obviously bumping. So falling onto the mat in a safe way, tucking your chin, trying not to get that whiplash effect. There's, there's so many little bits and pieces that go into everything that we do. And one little thing could mean something horrible. Yes. Like anything. Um, so you really have to learn like the fundamentals and that's what we really started with. It was cardio rolls bumping and then you get into the fun stuff but you still have to really specifically work on the first couple of things first like we would always start with that stuff even once we knew it back to rear in a moment next up on the howie games we are going with an artist series episode that is huge it has been three years in the making i love everything about it the man's name is eric banner actor sports lover and all-round good dude what is most often when you're walking down the street quoted back to you? Like, is it Peter or Chopper or Troy or your accent in Black Hawk Down? Like, I could go on. Or what's yeah. the one that you know you get the most? You reckon? It's really hard to predict um, what it is the person's about to pin you for. Yeah. Some sometimes I can profile them based on age, demographic. Okay. I mean, is it going to be this or is it going to be that? And then it'll be, you fixed your car yet? <laughs> oh, it's a lovely beast. <laughs> you know, quite often, obviously, it'll be chopper. Um, it'll, how, how are people's general chopper impressions when you get them back to you? Pretty average. Right. <laughs> and then I think they get them confused and they're, they're actually doing Neville Bartos instead of chopper half the time. Well, I, I find that sort of the, it's, the chopper... It's Vince's line, yeah. no cash. You know, that's yeah. not even my line. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I find I find I get a bit confused between chopper and the kickboxing, is he an accountant in the castle? I, yeah. I find I get those two a little bit confused. Con, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when people recite that back to you. Like that's a, from from where I sit, that's a form of expression or love of you. Oh, yeah, no, work. it's all, it all, I'm so lucky, mate. Honestly, I, I, I don't, I cannot recall a negative interaction with the public. Right. Like I am so lucky. Like yeah, when I that? hear about some people that, you know, have, have a bad time, I, I really feel from, because I just, you know, my interactions with the general public are just always so lovely and positive and, I feel very lucky for that. That is Eric Banner next up on the show. 
Let's get back to Ria. Your first show. Uh, we've had all sorts of athletes here. They're their first innings. The boxers, their first fight. You know, Tim Zhu talking about his first fight, and you know, there's three people there. When when do you, as Demi, enter the ring for the first time with a crowd there? Where is it? How many people are watching? Do you get paid at all? Like, what's your <laughs> memories of it? So I don't know if I got paid. I think I just took a couple of chocolate bars and a meat pie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was. Uh, a private show for a footy club. It was like my coach's footy club, I'm fairly certain. So, like, all the football members were there and their families were there. I can't remember how many people were in the crowd, but I wrestled uh, Savannah Summers in my first match and I was terrified. I was excited. Yeah. I was very, very nervous. But I remember walking through the curtain and just, like, running. That was my, my one thing. I was so excited. I just... Ran straight out, was so quick, did like one yay, and then ran around the ring, jumped up, jumped in, was like, okay, I'm ready. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so like it was it was real nerve-wracking. And then obviously we had our match and uh being my first one, I got hazed into the business, which was cool. Like I, I ended up getting a bit of a bloody mouth and I was all beat up, but I was still so happy and like excited to be doing it. But yeah, that was my first match at a football club. <laughs> and and so how are friends and family reacting that their mate or their daughter is starting to become a wrestler? Like it's not a... It's not a normal thing. It, it's not a uh, mainstream style of operation, <laughs> yes. is it? No, it's not. I remember my parents... My dad was like low-key really excited because it's like a cool thing and we've watched wrestling together. Oh, nice. Um, but at the same time, my mum and my dad a little bit were like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you can go back to soccer. They just didn't really think that it was something that I should follow completely um, because trying to get to the goal of WWE was so hard. Yeah. It's, it's just so far away and they, they rarely looked at Australians so it would have just been more of a hobby in their eyes than me trying to accomplish greatness and make this into a job. Um, hmm. So they they weren't too fond of it. They thought it was cool and I was going through a phase. But once they saw my first couple of matches, they were like, oh, she's actually really passionate about it. So, like, they're very supportive parents at the end of the day and, like, whatever I choose to do, they will always be there cheering me on. So, like, once they saw that I was serious about it and it wasn't just a phase, it wasn't a joke to me, they were like, all right, we're going to come to, like, pretty much every single one of your matches. We're going to be there for you, take you to training, take you home. And that was another reason why they didn't like it because I would always stick around training, like, an hour or two afterwards while they sat in the car ready to pick me up yep. and uh, <laughs> I just wouldn't go outside because I wanted to talk to everyone and keep learning things. So are you still but, are you still at school at this stage? Uh, yes, I am, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was in uh, high school. It was a very busy time for me <laughs> trying to manage school and do homework and go to wrestling practice <laughs> and just have a normal life, I guess, on the on the side. But it was, it was mayhem, but... You know, we're here, so it was worth it. I love it. Let's just hold your journey for a sec. Um, we, we started this talking about the physical requirements. Run me through now uh, in the big time as a professional, as the star of the show, as one of the biggest wrestlers on the planet. What's involved in your physical training 
in the gym, not so much a wrestling training, but, you know, I, I saw on TikTok that your first video had 17 million views and then I was watching some of your training videos um, and I, I really enjoyed them because they are aspirational, they're positive, they're motivational um, and, and I think you're showing a lot of people not just females, but a, a lot of females. What can be done with a beautiful, strong body? What's yeah. involved in, in in the training process for you at the moment? Um, so my training doesn't really change too much because for me, my time in the gym is my time to mentally relax. Okay. That's my my comfortable place. It's where I like to be. Um, if I don't work out every single day, I get stress and yes. I get anxious and I just want to go to the gym. So like for me, it's a want and a need to go. Um, at the stage that I'm at, I don't really do wrestling training anymore because we're always on the road. We're always go, go, go. So it's also hard to find time to go to the gym and you have to try and adjust your workouts for the time that you have or how sore your body's feeling that day. But for me, I'm also a very stubborn person. <laughs> so, like, I will always start my workout with, like, 20 minutes on the elliptical uh, and then I will do an hour to two hours of weights. So normally I do, like, back Monday, chest Tuesday, legs Wednesday, shoulders Thursday, arms Friday wow. or legs Friday and then arms Saturday or legs Saturday, whichever one is like a travel day. So that one changes. And then Sunday will be like my cardio day where I just do double cardio pretty much. I, I live a life where I spend a lot of time in hotels um, and yeah. I, I can't go to work without going to the gym. Might not show, but I can't go yeah. to work without going to the gym. Yeah. So Friday, Rhea, for me is leg day. And I spoke about this to my daughter. I get up on Friday I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm mentally shot before I walk in, you said Wednesday and sometimes Friday. How do you go league day? Do you do you embrace it or do you go? Oh no, this is no good. It really depends how my body's feeling right, at okay. that current time. Wednesday is more of like my bigger leg day, and then Friday or Saturday, depending on travel, will be like my touch up leg day. So like I'll try and do my heavy stuff on Wednesday because yep. at the start of the week as well. So I'm not completely destroyed like yes I'm still tired from traveling since Monday is raw so that's when I have to actually work and then Saturday Sunday and only the live events where we uh, travel around and we wrestle um, but I will always stick to Wednesday because that's the one day that I feel the most refreshed because Tuesday morning I fly home like really early in the morning and then I'll get in super early so I'll go do chess something where I can just use my upper body because my upper body is my strongest part and I feel comfortable yep. doing that whenever pretty much. Leg day is the one that I struggle with. So yep. I'll do it Wednesday when I finally get a good night's sleep for the first time um, and I'll go heavy. And then, yeah, the other day is just like I'll tr stick to machines and do like extensions and curls, uh, hips. Um, I'll, I'll stick to all of that sort of stuff. You would um, bench press, I presume, on chest day? Yeah, I do dumbbells. Okay, okay. So what, what dumbbells, you'll be in pounds, but what, what dumbbells would you be generally using at the moment? Um, so my PR that I've hit, because some, some days I am, like some weeks I'm more tired than yes, others. Yes, of course. Um, and it is a Tuesday, so it's like my, my rougher day. 
Um, my PR for incline dumbbell press is 85s on each arm. So I don't know. I think that's like 30, yeah. 35, 37 Yeah, I, I think that would be 35. Kilos. That'd be 35, 37 yeah. and a half. Okay, wow. It's like that, yeah. So I do that for each arm. Okay, um, I'm impressed. And I'll wrap out like four. Right, okay. <laughs> so I, I'm just trying to give people an indication of your physical strength and how, how how attuned you are with your body. So just one more question on that, Rhea. With your diet, are you – because, again, I, I can relate. I spend so much time travelling and you, you have your set food at home and you, and you want to eat well, but when you're on the road, it's not, it's not so easy. Are you on a scale of zero, you're eating rubbish, and 10, you are eating elite? Where, where do you sit to, to maintain what is required for the physical part of your job? So I'm also not the best at this. I'm probably about a five. Okay. Just because when I'm home, that's my time to relax. And if my partner Matt and I are home together, we like to, like, we we love food. So we love to go get sushi together. We love to have our cheat day. So sometimes we'll have that. And then while I'm on the road, um, I normally don't actually eat that much. It's a fascinating explanation of what's physically required. I'm going to make sure when we finish I'm going to send you some protein powder. I'm going to send it over there to Orlando because I, do, I, I need you to keep strong for your job. Okay, so we're, we're back to Adelaide now. You've done a couple of uh, shows for chocolate bars. What What's the next progression? Like, uh, When do you first do a show when you get paid and then, you know, where do you go from there? So my first show at the Latvian Hall which is like one of the main Riot City wrestling shows. Um, the Latvian that was the Hall, first I love time it. That, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that one was the first time that I got paid. I think I got 30 bucks. Right. I think every show was, was $30. Wow. Um, because we also had to pay for training. So, like, yes, we got paid $30, but I was also paying for training. So, yes. like, it was just a little discount on training pretty much. <laughs> um, so you're still in the negatives <laughs> at this point financially. Yeah, but that's that's what it was in Australia and uh, that's what the independent scene normally is, especially in Australia. Like in America you can make a bit of a living if you start doing the higher-up independent wrestling, but in Australia, like, yeah. we were all just doing it because we loved it. So it wasn't really about money, but because I I loved it so much and I spent all my time training and doing shows, I wasn't earning much with my actual job, um, the job that I had at that time was I worked at the reject shop. So I was the cashier there and I tried to do as many hours as I could, but balancing work, school and yeah. wrestling, it was really, really difficult. So it got to a point where um, I would clean the gym at Riot City, like the weights room. I would I would dust it, I would clean it, I'd clean the toilets just to try and get free training pretty much. I'd be like the maid and then they'd give me wrestling classes. Um, and then at the shows, I guess I would get my $30 um, and then I'd steal, you know, a couple chocolate bars, which Joe wasn't too happy about, but sorry, Joe. <laughs> but that's how it was. Um, and so then it was ha- different if I went interstate. But so, so how does it, sorry, um, how does it no, you're good. progress? Like what, what are the next major steps? Because... Um, you're doing it for the love at this stage. When does it first open up? Like, do you get a phone call? Do you get an email? What What's the next progression for you, Rhea? So for me, because I started at 16, 
while I was 17, um, Jag Hartley Jackson reached out to me and he was like, would you be down to do a tour, uh, go to a dojo in Japan and train there for three months? And I was like, oh, absolutely. I would love to go to Japan. Like that's one of the main steps that you take as an independent wrestler because you want to travel and you want to learn it from everywhere and everyone. So I was like, count me in. Like I'm down. When, when is it? He's like in like two months. (laughs) Sweet. Didn't have a passport. (laughs) (laughs) Never been out of Australia. (laughs) Um, so I had to sort of rush and get all that stuff done. I had to quit my job at the reject shop. Oh no, disaster for the reject the shop. Off. I know. They were really disappointed I'm in sure me. They were. But you know <laughs> big loss. <laughs> but um yeah, I went to Japan for three months when I was seventeen and I, I lived in the dojo. So we lived upstairs and then uh downstairs was where the wrestling ring was and that's where we would train. Um I wrestled for Diana Dojo. And then we also did a couple tours for like Zero One, uh, Rainer. So around I think Japan. One other one, but I can't remember. Yeah, so I lived there for three months with one lady that was from New Zealand. Um, wow. What an experience! As and a I was, I was just a child, but yeah, I learned a lot though, and I like I I grew a lot as a person too because it was my first time living out of home for a little while. So I had to make my own meals. I had to go shopping. I had to clean my own clothes. I had to do all these things that I had never done before. Um, so it was just like a learning curve in so many different ways while also learning the way that uh, they work in Japan as well. Like obviously you take your shoes off at the door, you have your house slippers, the whole like respect thing, cleaning every morning. We'd have to clean the whole dojo every morning as soon as we woke up and then be downstairs by like 9 a.m. for training. Um, So it was like a lot of responsibility that I had never had before. So that was my first step out of Australia and I did get paid for that. They'd pay me uh, to live there and they'd pay me for the training and the shows, which was cool because I was getting a little income. Um, but then I also had to buy groceries. So yes, yes, yes. So, so from Japan, you you eventually end up in the states. I had a tryout for WWE when I was seventeen as well. After Japan, yep. Um, they sent me out an email. Someone must have put my name forward to them uh, while they were reaching out for names of independent wrestlers in Australia because they were going to hold the tryout. Mine was there. They emailed me. I emailed them back. And that's when they were like, oh, we didn't realize you were 17 years old. Maybe the next time we come over for a tryout, we'll email you again. Okay. So me being me, I still went to Melbourne and I still went into the tryout. I said hello to everyone. Like I shook Kenyon Seaman's hand. Um, Just wanted to show them the person behind the screen pretty much and introduce myself and just show them that I'm I'm so excited for this opportunity, so please reach out again next time you're down. Um, so they did. When I was 20 years old, they came back for another tryout and they sent me an email. I replied. We had the tryout in Melbourne before the show and uh, it was a bit of a, a cluster because it was obviously before the show, so we had to be there so early, but they still had to set up the show and they had the cage match, so the cage takes a while to set up. Uh, it was pouring rain in melbourne no one could find the entry door not even wwe we oh, made it in like maybe 10 minutes before everyone everyone was late so um the tryout was a little bit everywhere but at the end of the day we we got uh, our medicals done we 
got to have a couple matches and at the end of it uh, I remember William Regal was like giving us all a little pep talk and he's like I just I want you guys to make sure that you know we're very very busy and if you don't hear back it's not you it's because we're still trying to work everything out and travel and honestly some people just won't hear back but if we're interested in you you hear back if we think that you have what it takes but you're just not ready yet then we'll message you but it might take months so just keep an eye on your email just in case um so hearing that I was like oh that's a bit of a bummer but after the show I went back and I was home for four days and I checked my email and I had an email from WWE four days later saying what was it saying (laughs) it was like congratulations like we we want you to move over to America and start with NXT. We would love to have you be a part of the first Mae Young Classic, which is something that we're working on right now. And it was just like the most amazing email that I had ever got. I remember I was at the gym at the time when I opened it and I had to sit down and I just got like hell emotional and I had to call my mom. I was like, I'm in, like they accepted me. So pretty much had to... (laughs) work out the rest of my life before moving all the way to the other side of the the world um it was it was a crazy time that is the end of Rhea Ripley part a plenty plenty more joy coming your way in part b